0: Welcome to this sermon from Silver Lake Baptist Church Our mission is to celebrate the greatness of God With all we are for the joy, hope, and renewal of our community We are so glad you have chosen to listen to our message We pray you'll be blessed by your time with us today Good morning How you guys doing? Let's pray Father, thank you for your word Thank you for loving us and being so faithful to us, and we give you the praise in the mighty name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, to speak through me this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. So today is Labor Day, right? Well, tomorrow's Labor Day. And um, I was thinking, well, what am I going to preach about? And I thought, you know what? I'm going to preach about labor, because like we have this whole day that's all about women having babies going into labor. Right, that's got to be what Labor Day's about, right? I was like, is that not right? Oh man! Oh yeah, I remember I was reading on Labor Day, and Labor Day actually come about because um, years ago they actually there's actually um, a president. He was um, I think they named the one of the Muppets after him, or him after one of the his name was Grover, Grover Cleveland, and he's the one who actually enacted. Labor Day. And the reason that he enacted Labor Day was because all these factories started springing up. And they were working these guys 70 plus hours a week. And like they had no life and they weren't hardly paying them anything. So he's like, you know what, we need to fix this. And so everybody went on a one day strike. And they're they're like, we're not going to labor on this day. And so which, which to me, it seems like you shouldn't call it Labor Day, maybe you should call it no labor day, right So anyway, they they come together and it was about um, having they wanted fair they wanted better working hours and they wanted better pay and 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 so it actually they found their strength in coming together and coming in, in into union with each other and I don't always like unions, but hey, I do like unions too because in a lot of ways, If the body of Christ could ever get into union, watch out, world. You hear what I'm saying? What a good goal. It's like we have this common purpose and we have this common goal. And if we can all get to pulling in one direction, in one way, then we're going to have it. Like watching the teams. I was talking about it last week. I was watching the teams up at the fair. And these big old draft horses, man, there's six of them. And when they're in unison and when they're one, there is nothing prettier. They're in this arena. Like, it, they have rodeos in the arena, but it's only like 100 by 200. It's not great big. These are huge, man. These big old wagons and these big old horses, and they're guiding them. Like, it just like, looks like one animal going through the cones and going out. And when they're in unison, there's nothing prettier. But after they won, the guy who won, he was actually taking a victory lap. And so he's taking the victory lap, and so they put on the loudspeaker a rock song. I think it was Metallica. And that rock song comes on, and it goes, rah, 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 like that. And one of the lead horses in the winning team spooked and ran headfirst into the fence and crashed everybody else, right? Just one horse out of six of them crashed the entire thing why because he's like oh man i'm not safe here anymore i can't stand rock music it's of the devil (laughs) (laughs) gotta be what it was he was was like i'm a christian horse i am not sitting here listening to rock music no more i'm out of here right and so he's like gonna he's like checking out he's going to the hot dog stand because he's just right on the other side of the of the fence right goes crashing in and took him a few minutes no one was hurt the horse was fine And then, of course, your horse freaks out. What are you going to do? You're going to drive around in there, right? But they didn't play the rock music no more. (laughs) He got his point across, right? But one horse wrecked the whole thing because he's like, you know what? I'm not going to stay in union with these guys no more. I got to protect myself because there's no longer safety in in this group. I don't... I don't not just trust the other people around me, but now I don't even trust the other horses or the driver or what's going on, right? How many of us get into those situations in our very own lives where we're going from, like like as believers, well, I don't trust Christians no more because a Christian hurt me. You know what? Non-Christians hurt us too. Right? Well, I don't want to go to church no more because I got hurt in church. Well, I got hurt at Walmart. Like I don't even go to Walmart no more, right? You know what? We're in a world where there's people. People hurt people, especially hurt people, hurt people, and that's where we got to decide: when we come to a church, or we come into church because we, uh, because we want to feel good, or are we come into church because God called us to be there, and that's what we're supposed, what we're called to do. Like we got to have a more of a gumption than just oh, I'm showing up so people be nice to me. Because if not, the first thing that goes wrong, then you're going to be like that horse, and you're going to go head first into the wall trying to go to the hot dog stand. And horses don't even need hot dogs. Right? It's like, and how, who who told him that rock music was of the devil, so he'd run from it, too? Right? So, the point being is, I have no idea. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. The point being is, is this. We... When we come together, when we can come into union, when we can come as one, that's where we find our power. The Bible, like, God's really bad at math. And I'll tell you how, because my math teacher would have flunked me if I'd have done math like God does. He said, one can chase a thousand, two can chase ten thousand. Now, oh, wait a second. Like, my math teacher, if one can chase a thousand, two can chase what? Two thousand, Not 10,000, right? So so there's u- when there's unity, everything comes exponentially multiplied. 10x, he beats Grant Cardone. Like Grant Cardone's got all this 10x stuff, right? God was ahead of Grant Cardone years and years and years ago, right? When we can come together in unity and say, you know what? This is who we are. This is what we believe. This is what we're doing. And all start pulling the same direction. There's great miracles that can happen. And that's what God created us to be. We are the body of Christ. We are one. Right? One head. Like, in, like I, man, I always sound like I don't believe in the rapture of Jesus coming back. And I do. Like I, I love eschatology. I love studying escalators at the airport. Actually, that's not what it means. But I do. I love eschatology. And I used to get so much into it and so excited. I can't wait till Jesus comes back and I can see him face to face. Or, or I can't wait till. Or a lot of people, I don't ever say this, but I, repeat, I can't wait till I die and go to heaven and, and then I can really know him. And I'm like, I don't want to wait. The very same people get mad at their waitress if they take too long at the restaurant. Want to wait till he comes back or want to wait until they die to have a relationship with him. I want to know him and the power of who he is right here and right now. Not in the by and by or not wait until he comes back. The gospel is not that he's coming back. The gospel is that he is here. He is alive and he's in each and every one of us. We are the body of Christ. And when he comes back, it's going to be a reunion of one body. Amen. We are one. We are one in him. And I love that. Not the I, again. I just like like I sometimes I have to step back and, and ask him: Am I anti-rapture? Am I anti-second coming? Am I I'm not. Trust me. We can't even agree on when he's coming back. We, we got pre, we got mid, we got post, and then we got some that just are paying. And it's just, they believe it's all going to pan out. Right? So why would I fight over something that not all of us have a consensus on? What we do have a consensus on is that, that 2,000 years ago, God sent his son. His only son, the son that he loved, and he... Died for us. When he showed up, the angel said, hey, good news. I got great news for you. Jesus is going to come. He's going to hang out for 33 years. He's going to die. He's going to go up to heaven. And when he goes up to heaven, then when he comes back, you'll get to know him. Or when you die and go to heaven, then you can get to know him. No, the angel said, his name is Emmanuel. God with us. Christ in us the hope of glory. Not to discount any part of the Bible because it is the Bible, but to not get distracted and not get into a place where we say, oh no, I got to wait till I get to know him when we can know him right here, right now in all his fullness, in all his goodness, in all of who he is in and through us and in and through each other. You know those people that we don't like he likes them too <laughs> you No, know, I know I'm his favorite. I always like, I'm his favorite. He loves me so much. I mean, why else would he make me so handsome? Like like I mean, you know all those people we don't like, Man, he died for them too. He's like, man, I love them. I was like, you know how obnoxious they are." you know what they did to me? He's like, you know what they did to me on the cross? You know what sin did to me? Makes us look at people way different. And now instead of trying to to be sin finders in someone else, now I'm a Jesus finder. Well, I see greatness in you. Just watch what God wants to do in you. I can't stand you, but He he, he loves you. I don't tell people that. Maybe I should you know that'd just tell them how much Jesus did love them. Am I the only one? Is that too real that's where where we get into a spot where we can say, "You know what, now I can go into all the world and preach the gospel. Got a letter, and it was from the Everett Gospel Mission. And and on the front of it, when Sam handed it to me, he goes, "It's uh, the gospel mission." I was like, "I already know the gospel mission. I, re- I already got that. I got that. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature." What is the gospel? Jesus is alive. He died for us. He died on the cross. He came in the flesh died in the flesh, stayed in the tomb for three days, and rose again in the flesh. A resurrected flesh. If his flesh hadn't resurrected, we wouldn't be celebrating Jesus because he wouldn't be Jesus. And he bore every sin, every sickness. He bore our shame. He bore our sorrow. That's the good news. And he did it so that he can have a relationship in and through us right now. He said, it's better that I go away. That gets better. Why? Because he says, greater works shall you do. Why? Because he just multiplied. If one can chase a thousand and two can chase ten thousand, how much more if we all realize that it's Christ in us, the hope of glory that is working through us, each as sons and daughters of the Most High God, how much more does that multiply out? And then we're one body. Like, well, I don't like that one part of the body. I, like. There's no part of my body I really don't like. But say I had a toe that was ugly. It's like you know I really don't like that toe. So I really just like to chop that thing off because it's so ugly. And it just doesn't fit with my plan and what I'm doing. You know what it do? Chop your toe off. Depends on what toe you'd walk funny. You need that toe. No matter how ugly you think that toe is. Which is funny. I'm talking about toes when I shoe horses. I take toes off all the time. Just not the whole, <laughs> not the whole foot, right? Toenails, Right? Maybe if we'll just trust God and say, you know what? We're going to come into unity and come into union with him and watch what he's going to do. Well, it's like, yeah, we got to work on that more. Yeah, that's why I'm here to talk to you. I want to talk to you about laboring. But it's not, shouldn't be Labor Day. It should be what? No Labor Day. Right? It's no Labor Day. I was thinking about, well, where would I find that in the Bible? Let me get you guys... I'm glad you guys asked. You guys are full of great questions. <laughs> I'm going to start in Hebrews 3 because because I like to get... I want to go in context. You can read a scripture, but just because you read a scripture, it, if you take take the scripture out of context, right, if you take take... The text out of context, you know what you're left with? A con, right? Because you can make this Bible say anything that you want it to say, but if you can read it in the context, what are they saying? What's what's being said in front of it, and what's being said behind it, and, and what's going on in the situation? Then you understand, hey, you know, otherwise I, I could really twist this thing, right, and and beat someone up with it or, you know... Uh, out of this, you can say, "Well, Jesus wept." Well, all Jesus ever did in the Bible is cry. The Bible says it. Jesus wept. That's all he did. He just cried and cried and cried and cried. Right, what would I do? I just took it out of context, and what would I do? I would be giving you a con, right? A lot of a lot of us do that in two. I hear that at funerals all all the time, where where people quote Job's friends and. When God corrected what Job's friends said, they'll read that at stinking funerals. And I'm like, you know, God corrected those guys and called them fools, man. He said, why would you listen to them? And then we go back and take this portion out and we quote it, right? Real important to understand the context of the scripture. So then we know what God's saying, right? Therefore... Hebrews chapter 3, verse 1, therefore. Now, if we see therefore, what do we always ask ourselves? What's it there for? He's getting ready to tell us what's it there for. Therefore, holy brothers who share in the heavenly calling, fix your thoughts on Jesus. Oh, wait a second. That can't be right because we need to be thinking about other things. We need to be worrying about all this stuff or worrying about our problems or worrying about when Jesus is coming back or worrying about who the Antichrist is going to be or worrying about where our next paycheck is going to come from or how this bill is going to get paid or what we're going to do here or what we're going to do there. What are you thinking about? Because I promise you, if you can keep your thoughts on Jesus and on who he is... It will change your life because it changes you from the inside out. What you think about is what you gravitate to. And that's why he's saying, Therefore, holy brothers who share in the heavenly calling, fix your thoughts on Jesus, the apostle and high priest, whom we confess he was faithful to the, to the one who appointed him, just as Moses was faithful in all God's house. Jesus has been found worthy of greater honor than Moses, just as the builder of a house has greater honor than the house itself. What is he saying, fix, fix, your, fix your thoughts on Jesus? Because they, they, he's talking to Jews here. This is Hebrews. He's telling them, look, it's not about your works. It's not about what you do. You can't earn your salvation. You can't earn what God's given, the traditions and the loopholes and all that. We have something greater than Moses. And his name's Jesus. Get your eyes off of yourself. Get your eyes off of your works. Get your eyes off what you're trying to do. Because we have something greater than that. And his name's Jesus. It's like, put your thoughts on him. Look to him. I was working a horse and big, a big old Frisian, and I talked about, about him a little bit and he is scary, man. The first horse was that scared me in a long time. I didn't know if he was going to eat me or run away. Man was out there the other day helping her and she was leading him on a tarp and got a tarp over his back and, and I was talking to her. I was like, look, lady. I was like, I know he looks really gentle, (laughs) and he's come a long ways, but you still need to pay attention, right? What was I thinking about? I was going back in the past. I was thinking, oh, yeah, when I walked in here, he's going to try to kill me, and I can just see him running over this little old lady, right? He's still a horse. He ain't a dog. I was like, this is not a dog. This is not a chihuahua you put in your lap. (laughs) This is a 2,000-pound horse, right? But I was fixing my thoughts on what I thought used to be, rather than really just allowing her to enjoy where she was at now. And that's where, when we fix our thoughts and when we trust Jesus and say, you know what, I'm not going to work no more for anything, but I'm going to rest in what he's already done. Right? He was faithful to the one who appointed. He's greater than the more. Jesus has been found worthy of great, greater honor than Moses, just as the builder of the house is greater, the builder of the house has greater honor than the house itself. For every house is built by someone, but God is a builder of everything. Unless God builds the house, they that labor Labor in vain. Whose house is it? Who are you trusting? Not in our works, but it's in him. For every house is built by someone, but God is the builder of everything. Moses was faithful as a servant in all God's house, testifying to what would be said in the future. But Christ is faithful as a son Lover, is that right? son over, I got an L in there, in a star, so I can make it lover if I want, right? You can just change and add to the Bible all you want, right? I'm, I'm kidding. But Christ is faithful as a son over God. So What's, what's he saying here? Moses was faithful as a servant. When you get into works, when you get into trying to earn, when you get in trying to keep the law in your own power, you can you can have like like you can have this faithful servant attitude. But when we're in Christ, we become more than just servants; we become sons and daughters of the Most High God. You can work and work and work and work. Right? Even remember the the uh, prodigal son. He'd come back and he said, you know what, my servants are better in my father's house than, than, than I am out here. He goes, I'm going to go to my father's house, and I know if I come back as a servant, he'll take care of me. And the father said, I've seen him coming from far away, and he was still looking for him, and he thought he had messed up, and he thought he had no hope. And his father is looking for him in love, saying, come home, son, come home, son. He's like, I'm going to come home, but I know I'll probably be a servant. And the father ran to him. And he put a robe on him and put sandals on his feet. And he put a ring on his hand. And he said, you are not a servant. Not just a servant. You are my son. Come back. Maybe you're out there and you're running. I'm telling you something. It's just a round pin. You can run and run and run and run. I get in a round pin, How this horse as a rope horse. And they, they, they're trying to train it to be a rope horse. And every time they swing a rope, it run off. Uh, they're like, what are you going to do? I was like, that's no problem. They're like, why is it no problem? I was like, I can ride as fast as it can run. I stuck it in a big old round pin, or big old pin, and I just started swinging the rope a little bit, a, a little a little lead rope, and that sucker started, I started loping at first, and then I kicked it until a little bit faster loped then I started swinging, and it took off and was running, and I was just guiding it pretty soon. I was like, you know what? You can only run so long. You can only go so long. I ain't going to try to make you not run. I'm going to let you run. Pretty soon I had the rope all over. By the second day, that horse is like, please don't make me run. I'll just stand here. I'm tired. You're with me everywhere I go. I know you can ride just as fast as I can run. God can ride just as fast as you can run. The farther and faster you run from him, he's right there. I know I tried. I ran from him. And everyone, it's hard to run from someone who's everywhere. Right? It's kind of stupid. Where in the world am I going with that? I have no idea. That's free. Right? Can't outrun him. He's already here with us. He's always already there. You're not going to work your way through stuff. You can try to work and work and work. So the prodigal son, that's where I was at, right? Father, come back! He put put a ring on his finger and a rope on his back and put sandals on his feet and said, "You're my son." He's like, "Kill the cat! Kill the, feel the kill the, fat cat! <laughs> I can't talk no more." Man, it's made me thinking of ribeye. Like, he's like, "Premium ribeye, man! Like this is steak, and he's been eating pig food." He said, come back to me. He said, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden. All who are weary and heavy laden. All who are laboring. All who are trying. All who are running. It takes work to run, too. It's hard to run. Because I don't do it very much anymore. Like, if you see me running, there's a bear behind me. Right? Chances of that are slim, unless I'm at, like, Yellowstone. That's hard work, too. Are you trying to earn God's favor? Are you trying to earn God's blessing? Are you trying to earn being a, being a son, having a relationship with him? You don't have to. He said, it is finished, Jesus said. In fact, in fact the Bible said, it, when God created, when he finished the, the creation, he said, it is finished. It's done. And God saw that it was good. We kind of messed it up a little bit that's good. And then Jesus comes and he fixes it all. And on the cross he says, it is finished. What's he saying? I finish the work. Now you can enjoy this, right? Here's this place where all these people go in and they they fix up these people's homes and send them on vacation somewhere. And when they come back, the house is finished and is perfect and everything's nice. And then they, none of them walk in there and say, oh, yeah, I need to change this, take that wall out and do this and that. No know there you're like, thank you. Guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to live in it, and I'm going to enjoy it, and I'm going to, oh, man. I'm going to hug it and kiss it and call it my own. I'm not trying to add anything to something that's perfect. They're just se- simply saying thank you. And walking in to that finished work. And that's what we get to do. Jesus finished the work. Completely. You, you don't have to to, uh, to come up or to manufacture peace or hope or love. Because I'm telling you something. He is our peace. Peace is a person and his name is Jesus. And the Bible says He's the peace that has broken down every wall. You got a wall that you think is dividing you from Jesus and from who he is and what he's doing in your life? I'm telling you, there's no walls because he'll break it down. You can trust him. But Christ is faithful as a son over God's house. And we are his house if we hold on to our courage and the hope of which we boast. What are you boasting in, man? I ain't got much to boast in when it comes to 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 Jesus. When it comes to earning my salvation. I did earn a bit of it, but I received all of it because it come through Him by grace through faith. Salvation works. It works. So as the Holy Spirit says today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion during the time of testing in the desert when your fathers tested and tried me and for 40 years saw what I did. That is why I was angry with that generation. And I said, their hearts are always going astray. And they were not, and they have not known my ways. Well, what did they keep trying to do? They kept trying to go back to the old life. They're just like, God said, hey, you, I got this promised land. I want you to scope it out and see what you're getting. And they walk in there like, there's giants in the land. And they're like, and, I, and we're like, Grasshoppers and Caleb says, Awesome. He's like, I seen grasshoppers and they come in and they just come in to, vet, you know, eviscerate everything. If we're grasshoppers, we're going to eat them alive. They'll be bread for us. But the rest of them were like, We can't do it. Why? Because they were looking in their own strength, in their own ways, and trying to find a way to do it. Their thoughts were not on God and God's promises. Their thoughts are a like, How am I going to do this? And it paralyzed them. Instead of realizing, you know what? If God called me to that, then I'm more than able. If God be for me, who can be against me? He's not asking who because he's like trying to figure out who it is. He's saying, ain't nobody against you. So I declared on an oath with my where is that this is why why I was angry with generation I said their hearts are always going astray and they have not known my way so I declared on oath in my anger they shall never enter my rest. see to it, brothers that none of you have has a sinful unbelieving heart that turns away from the living god listen there there's not there's a reason he puts living in there right. Man, I've got to hurry. I'm running out of time. I need like three hours. He guys ain't got nothing to do. It's Labor Day weekend, right? But encourage one another daily as long as it is called today so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. We have come to share in Christ if we hold firmly till the end the confidence we had at first as has as, as, as has just been said, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in rebellion. Who were they who heard and rebelled when they, when they not all those Moses led out of Egypt? And with whom was he angry for 40 years? Was it not those who sinned, whose bodies fell in the desert, and to whom God And to whom God did swear that they would never enter his rest, if not to those who disobeyed. So we see that that they were not able to enter because of their unbelief. Do you know what the root of all sin is? Unbelief. Hath God said. Isn't God saying something? Isn't that enough for us? Do we need more? Then four says, therefore, again we ask, what's it there for? Since the promise of entering his rest still stands. It still stands. I got great news. It still stands. It's still available. Come to me, he says, all who are weary and heavy laden. He says, I'll give you rest. It still It's still available. It's still yours. Let us be careful that none of us be found to have fallen short of it. Short of what? Resting. Resting in him. Saying, you know what? I surrender. That's why we raise our hands. Why? We're saying, I surrender. It's not about me. Like someone comes with a gun, they go, stick him up. You know, you you don't have to ask, well, what do I do next? Right? You know what you're naturally going to do? I surrender. Some of us might not. Some of us might fight back. But with God, I surrender. I give you all. You read on in here. I'm out of time almost. Let me actually read this part because it's really good. So now we have believed, now we who have believed, not done anything, enter that rest just as God. When we believe, then we do something. We all believe something, and we're all doing something. We're doing what we believe, one way or another. If we believe we're saved by works, we're going to try to do works. If we believe we're saved by grace and rest in that, then we're going to work out of that, not for it. So I declared on my oath and my anger, they shall never enter my rest. And yet, his work has been finished since the creation of the world. For some somewhere he has spoken about the seventh day in these words, and on the seventh day God rested from all his work. And again, in the passage above, he says, they shall never enter my rest. It still remains that some will enter that rest, and those who formerly... Had the gospel preached to them did not go in because of their disobedience, therefore God again said a certain day, called it calling it today. when a long time later he spoke through David, as was said before, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts, for if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken later about another day, therefore remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest also rest from his own work, just as God did from, him, from his. Let us therefore make every effort to enter his rest. So that no one will fall by following their example of disobedience. What's he saying? You know when his rest is available to us? Today. Right now, saying I'm ever-present help in time of trouble. I want the presence of God, but he wants our presence too. He wants us to be present with him. Like, God, I just want your presence. Will you please come? And he's like, I'm here. He's like, I'm not not present with you, but you're you're not present with me. You're thinking about all this other stuff and worried about all this and trying to gain away To get to me. And I've already made a way. Just come to me. Today. Not to worry about tomorrow. Come to me. Today. I'm available. Right here. Right now. Amen. Amen. So Father thank you for your word. Thank you for love. I just pray for every person out there. For that person out there that's running. Right now, I just thank you, Father, that that they run right into you and that they can rest and come to you and know that today is the day of their salvation. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to learn more about us, check out our website at www.silverlakebaptist.org.